most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? I got five dollars. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. My goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. The best. Relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Fantasy Flex Podcast. This is your fantasy preview for NFL Week 9. On today's show, we'll discuss the Thursday night football DFS slate, dive into the Week 8 main slate, and build lineups on FanDuel and DraftKings. Joining me, as always, one of the top fantasy football rankers in the game, Sean Kerner. Sean, what's going on? What's up? Happy uh, NFL trade deadline day. Uh, (laughs) It was kind of a dud, not going to lie, but anything exciting? Uh, you want to talk about today? Uh, I mean, I, you know, I think it's just a lot of like backup <laughs> running backs and kind of yeah. switching it up. Nothing like amazing. I mean, Calvin really to the, yeah, that's a cool one. Jaguars is interesting, but I mean, Trevor Lawrence might be Fugazi. So I, mean, I don't and know. It has nothing to do with this year, unfortunately. Yeah. But so. yeah, I just, I just have to update my running back upside chart. That was basically the extent of the trade deadline day. The Packers didn't get anybody. You know, Chase Claypool went to the Bears. So what? Um, so, yeah, it was kind of a dud, not going to lie. Yeah. You know, I mean, a lot of Cooks movement. and Kareem Hunt didn't get traded. What yeah. the hell? Yeah. I think the Browns, you know, they're better off with him. You know, they just, right. it's just, they probably won't be, they probably just won't resign him. But um, I think that win, they, they, I think they still want to try to make a playoff run yeah. this year. All right. Uh, before we get into the uh, DFS late, uh, let us, pick our contest winner for this week. So, you know, if you leave a review, uh, we pick our favorite five-star each and every week. This week's winner is Luke Singy. So congratulations, Luke Singy. You can hit up podcast at actionnetwork.com to claim your free year of Action Pro. Uh, thank you for the kind review and thank you to everybody uh, listening who's leaving the ratings and reviews. It really helps out the podcast. So keep doing them. We'll keep picking winners. Uh, each and every week. Let's jump into Thursday night football. We got the Eagles. We got the Texans. Same matchup as the World Series, yep. as you might hear. Um, who do you like in a captain spot? Uh, so, yeah, what a great matchup. And uh, I'm going to have to go with Miles Sanders here because this is a spot where the Eagles probably won't have to throw that much in order to win. Uh, and they probably don't need Jalen Hurts running the ball much either. Probably want to just keep him healthy. Uh, through this game. So I would just say lean on Miles Sanders against the Texans defense that ranks dead last in DVO against the run. Um, So Sanders would have just a lot of leverage on this slate if he could score a touchdown or two early to kind of cap the passing upside on, you know, like AJ Brown, Devonta Smith, Dallas Goddard. Um, And then certainly, you know, if it is a blowout, we're going to see plenty of uh, Boston Scott and Kenny Gainwell in the second half. But I think just in that expected game script, uh, Miles Sanders could have a big game here, and I, I prefer him in the captain slot. Yeah, uh, it's the same for me. I mean, I watched that Texans <laughs> Titans game, and I mean, we already knew the Texans had a bad run defense. I believe they came into that game uh, ranked dead last in DVOA against the run. But my goodness, <laughs> I have never seen anything like this. Like it was just they yeah. knew the Titans were going to run every single snap. 
And it was just eight yard gain after eight yard gain after eight <laughs> yard gain. Like I have never seen anything like it. It was like, it didn't matter if it was Henry, Dontrell Hilliard gets in the game, same thing. Like, it just, I, they just cannot stop the run. They, it, you know, and this is, now you're talking about an Eagles offensive line that's, you know, arguably the best in the league. And, you know, it, it's, you know, granted Sanders is no Derrick Henry, but you know, he's still a very good back and one of the, you know, the guys who's always near the top of the league in yards per carry. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's just a smash spot uh, for Sanders. I, you know, if they if they watch that tape, I I can't see how they don't just feed the ball to Sanders early and often. Yeah, same thing week before with Josh Jacobs when we both had him ranked number one yeah. for most of the week. And I, I took the over, I think it was like 17 and a half rush attempts. Uh, I think it was on Convince Me as well. And yeah, just watching that game, you know, Jacobs would pop off 15 yard after 15 yard run, which is not good for my prop. I just wanted a couple, you know, three to four yard carries, but they just cannot stop anybody on the ground. So obviously this is a terrible matchup for the Texans facing just an elite run team. Um, So yeah, this is just a smash spot for Sanders. They're allowing 5.7 yards per carry Uh, to running backs. That is to running backs. Uh, it's they're they're dead last in second level yards uh, allowed. Um, and it's just it's just been bad. And Sanders has uh, touched on back to back games, which is nice. So um, he's been finding ends on a lot more this year, which is nice. Yeah, they don't they don't really pull him at the goal line. It's just they mm-hmm. they work in all their backs, so it's not, he doesn't get all the touchdowns. But he's right. already has five, which is one off his career high of six uh, set in twenty twenty. So yeah, he's uh, yeah. he's in a good spot this week. Uh, what about four dart throws? Do you like darts, Ted? Oh, okay. I'm more of a, you know, a cornhole man myself. Yeah. Well, speaking of vulturing Miles Sanders touchdowns, got to go with Boston Scott here. Uh, he could certainly get mop-up duty once we're up big. You know, he and Kenny Gainwell. But I think Scott would get the edge um, yeah. in a favorable game script. And again, you know, he's always a threat for a vulture touchdown or two every season. So um, I like him as a dart throw. And then... It's a showdown slate, so we also have to consider Quez Watkins. Although this is this is probably a slate where he's probably not going to get a long pass or touchdown, uh, just because they you know they're probably going to be up early and not have to throw. But certainly, he is a bet for you know potentially one catch for a seventy yard touchdown, which would break the slate. So got have to throw in a couple Quez Watkins lineups, and then on the Texans side, I kind of like Philip Dorsett. Uh, you know, he only went. Uh, he only caught one pass for six yards last week, despite running around on 89% of Mills dropbacks. This is a brutal matchup though. Um, yeah. So I'm not expecting a big game, but again, uh, he's a dart throw for a reason. So I, I would have to lean with OJ Howard possibly as, you know, the cheapest bet to potentially score a touchdown. We saw his routes run rate jump up to 34% uh, last week, but this is, you know, a murky two to three way tight end committee. Uh, but certainly he's going to be a threat in the red zone if the Texans happen to get there at some point in this game. So he is a sneaky bet for a touchdown. That's why I think he's a, he's a good dart throw on a showdown site like this. If, 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 if they, they, yeah, again, <laughs> if. Oh man, uh, it, uh, it's been ugly for the Texans offense. Nothing's really kind of come together uh, the way they hope, but yeah, I agree. I think Boston Scott, uh, you know, especially you're investing in Sanders. You have to kind of yeah. invest in Scott as well, because depending how the game script goes, if they get a big and they are 13 and a half point favorites in this spot on the road, uh, they could lean on Boston Scott late you know, against this bad run defense. He could get in the end zone. Um, and uh, yeah, I like the, I like, I like Jordan Akins actually for the, the Texans. I like Howard as well. Um, but I'll go Akins here because 
he's been a, a guy who's been he's had some explosive plays for them. And uh, both Howard and Aikens are are two of the Texans' top uh, receivers against zone coverage. And um, you know Philadelphia is going to play a lot of zone coverage. And I, I do think that you know the presence of Bradbury and Slay on the outside, uh, especially with you're you're down Nico Collins, who doesn't look like he's going to play. It's just going to funnel the ball. You know, they're going to be able to kind of lock up cooks. It's just going to funnel the ball to other players. So, um, you know, maybe Damian Pierce in, in the running backs get a bunch of underneath throws. But I do think the tight ends will be heavily involved. So I like the Howard call uh, and I'll go Aikens. I, I think, you know, between those two guys, Brevin Jordan uh, should yeah. be involved as well. Uh, he's still operating as kind of the top tight end. But uh, for value purposes, I think Aikens and Howard uh, are the guys to look at uh, this week. Yeah, I was I was gonna make clear like Brevin Jordan's the tight end I'm projecting for the most points, which uh, I'm guessing you are as well. So yeah, it's I think he's the logical place. But but if we're talking dart throws, that's why we're going with the backup or more of the backup tight ends. But uh, if you want to get ch- I, I don't know is is Brevin Jordan gonna be chalky? Um, if he's not, then maybe he is the dart throw here. But <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, he, I I think there'll there'll be some kind of split split roster ship between all three of them, but. Um, you know, I have Jordan and Aiken, Jordan and Jordan Aikens <laughs> projected for the same amount of yardage. Yeah. Uh, I just have Jordan for about a half a uh, more catch. So I just, you know, Jordan's uh, yards for catches uh, lower for me than than Aikens, and then Howard's is the highest, but I have him for the fewest yards. So yeah, I think you know Jordan's been coming back from an injury. I don't know if he's a hundred percent, but that's that's kind of why I think his routes run have been low. But you think with like Nico Collins out, they might use Brevin Jordan as you know, more of a wide receiver, sort of like a dollar store Kyle Pitts here. But um, yeah, like Brevin Jordan, definitely want to have some Brevin Jordan lineups as well. Yeah, I, I mean, I think, and then the slot receiver is is usually, is, uh, it'll be Chris Moore, right? Like he's, yeah. he's been, yeah, so he's got the best matchup of the receivers. Uh, I should point that out because, yep. you know, Vontae Maddox, you know, giving up more catches, more production uh, inside than Sway and Bradbury are on the outside by far. And uh, yeah, more 84% of his routes in the slot this yeah. year. So he'd be, uh, you know, he, he might have a better game than Cooks uh, or Dorsett, actually. Yeah, yeah, I like that call. He's had a couple decent games this year. That three catch for a 63-yard game in week three. And then week seven, he caught a touchdown. So yeah, yeah. more is definitely out of the receivers, probably the best dart throw. Uh, and we do have a fullback on the slate. Long pass to the fullback. Got a nice block from the fullback. How many tackles can one man break? We're doing our best to, to keep the fullback position alive and thriving. Make fullbacks great again. I, I saw him get banged up. I don't oh. I think he's good, but Troy Hairston, uh, the second, uh, he caught a what I think a pass or two last week. So he was he was more involved than he has been most of the year. Let's see, what did he do last week? Two catches for seven yards. Probably oh, yeah. doesn't really hit the threshold <laughs> to be used um, as a fullback. Uh, but I, I did notice that. <laughs> yeah, I, I I did see him get like banged up at one point. So I, yeah, I don't think he's going to be too heavily involved this week. But yeah. um, you know, Texans are light on skill position talent. So now on the sleeper, sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for mine. It's a game changing product, unlike anything else in the industry. And now you can win on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over-under. 
For example, rushing yards in football or number of points in basketball. Then choose the amount of money that you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about Over Under on Sweeper is that it's the only app where I can join my friends' contests and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my group's picks with the tap of a button along with Over Under integrated into the fantasy experience itself. It's insanely fun to ride it out together. So stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. On your mobile phone, join our listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com slash action and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. Again, go to sleeper.com slash action and you'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Uh, all right, let's move on to the main slates and let's start off with uh, some stacks you like for this week. Uh, so I like going with the Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, Hayden Hurst uh, stack against the Panthers. You know, everyone saw them look horrible on Monday Night Football. Um, so they, they should bounce back this weekend. If you look, they're all reasonably priced, which is interesting because, you know, they were priced before uh, they played like shit. So, you know, they're playing a Panthers defense that ranks 27th in DVO against the pass. Um, Mary, Marcus Mario just went ham against them. So even if the Bengals get up big, I, I don't even know if they're going to lean on the run game. They could just keep passing against this pa- Panthers defense. So um, I just like going back to the well with those guys. I think the roster ship should be fairly low this week, just after, you know, a really poor game after the Jamar Chase injury. Um, and then I'm going to also go with, uh, Tom Brady and Chris Godwin, sort of a similar spot where, um, you know, the Bucks struggle on Thursday night football. I don't know if a lot of people are going to go with uh, Brady Godwin or any Bucks stacks um, in general, but, you know, they're facing the Rams. So, you know, the Rams have a very good run D. I don't think the Bucks are going to run the ball at all here. Um, so, you know, Brady's going to lean on Chris Godwin. Um, he's going to line up in the slot most of the time. He's going to avoid Jalen Ramsey. So, uh, and again, we're we're gonna see Chris Godwin score a touchdown at some point in this season. I promise it's gonna happen. Um, so I just like getting them on a week where they, they might not be rostered uh, enough. Yeah, I mean it's people, you know, it, it's got to be bottoming out in terms of the public perception. <laughs> exactly. Of the Bucks as it should, offense. to like, be honest, but they do have they do have the long break to kind of get things together mm-hmm. and who knows, maybe that, the, maybe now that the divorce is finalized, maybe Brady plays it a little, maybe he was distracted. I mean, it's hard to tell with Brady. He's always been so good. Yeah. Uh, and he hasn't, not like he's thrown a pick or anything. And since week one, it's, it's just been, it just seems like he's, he's throwing short of the sticks in spots where he hadn't used to before, or mm-hmm. like when he does stand in and like wait for guys to get open, they're really not as open as they used to be. And the timing's a little off. Like it's not like, these pinpoint throws a lot of times it's like a throw around like at the receiver's foot like a yard to the yes. left it's like yep. it's just weird things that you know what it kind of reminds me of remember that year i think it was his last year in new england um when he was just always screaming at the receivers every week <laughs> on the bench it kind of reminds yeah. me of that except with like the receivers are a lot better here so it's weird yeah but uh no i like i like the i like buying low on on mm-hmm. this uh this team you know the rams defense just really hasn't been what we thought it was going to be. I mean, that they went hard for yeah. Brian Burns. They, I think they tried to get Robert Quinn. It didn't happen. Uh, let's, w- the Rams are, let me, let's see. They were 31st in pressure rate entering last week. Let's see where they are now. Yeah. 
which is really weird. Wow, they're still 31st. They're getting pressure just 12.6% of the time, according to Pro Football Reference. And that is a problem because Brady, Mm -hmm. what is he struggling with? Pressure. He's 45. Obviously, he's going to get rid of the ball under pressure. (laughs) If you you could let him stand in there, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe he gets gets you three touchdowns. Maybe. We'll see. Uh, But uh, I I have a few, uh, kind of a a bunch of cheap ones uh, that Mm -hmm. I think it hit if the game script goes correctly. Um, First one is Tara Heineke, Terry McLaurin. Uh, Already talked about McLaurin on our Action Network pod presented by FanDuel on the Action Network channel. But uh, love McLaurin this week. The Vikings are dead last in DVOA against number one receivers, which they were, I think, 31st heading into last week. And then Hopkins just destroyed them. So now they're dead last. And Heineke, uh, he's he's just got a lot better chemistry with McLaurin mm-hmm. than did Carson Wentz. If you look at the numbers, granted, it's only been two games this year. Obviously, we can go back to last year. But really, the outlier for McLaurin was his first six games with Wentz this year. Just 6.2 targets, 3.7 catches, uh, 61 yards, and .17 touchdowns. So with Heineke, five and a half catches, 93 yards, and a, a half a touchdown per game on eight targets. And that's a little more in line with what he's done uh, in the past to start his career. So uh, love that stack in, in a spot, you know, Minnesota getting better on offense, getting TJ Hawkinson in, in into the, into the lineup. So uh, I think this could be a sneaky game where a few more points are scored than the total is like 43 and a half. I think, mm-hmm. um, I, I think you get more points than that. You know, Kirk Cousins revenge game, not going yes. to take, <laughs> take their foot off the throttle here. They just got TJ Hawkinson too. Exactly. Yeah. I just said, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, yeah, I think, I think, and again, when you're going with these cheap stats, you're just trying to play up the correlation, you know, mm-hmm. okay. Uh, where two guys that are cheap are going to be in a game script that forces them to produce like guys who are a little bit more uh, expensive. So like that one, another one, PJ Walker, DJ Moore. Thank you, uh, DJ and PJ for covering <laughs> my Panthers. Oh, yeah. uh, plus four. I got him plus five, but um, it was plus, it closed at plus four, I think. But yeah, thank you guys. That was probably the, you know, so I read a crazy stat that, touchdown the 62 yarder mm-hmm. uh, it's it said it was the longest air yard touchdown in nfl history well I don't, know if that, I don't know if that was true or maybe it was for this season or what or it, but it was something like it was just a, like because it was like he threw it from like the 30 something i think you know so it was like it was a monstrous touchdown like a lot of times you get a hail mary it's usually like from you know the 50 or the 40 like Walker, like, like that, that was a 62-yarder just scrimmage, yeah. but he was behind the line of scrimmage, and it, it, he caught it in the end zone. So air yard-wise, I think it traveled, like, closer to 70 yards, um, but just an amazing throw. But anyway, love the stat for this week. Walker's just um, – just like Heineke, Walker's 5,200 on DraftKings. Um, Moore's only 300 more than McLaurin. He's uh, 5,800. So, um, like, another just cheap stack that I like. And the Bengals, they just lost Chido Bay Awuzie. Uh, who was shadowing number one wide receivers? Uh, they inactive deactivated Eli Apple last game. Now he's going to have to step up and be uh, potentially the number one quarterback. Because didn't Taylor Britt get hurt last game, or like he got banged I think up? So, yeah, yeah. So like the Bengals are suddenly in like completely out of sorts, and <laughs> like it, it just things got sour real quick for the Bengals, man. Um, and like you mentioned, his Panther defense kind of head scratchingly uh, gave up a lot of points and yards to the Falcons. I, don't, I I think this Panther defense actually has the potential to be pretty good. I mean, they got, mm-hmm. you know, J.C. Horn and, you know, a lot of good players. They didn't trade Burns. So maybe it's a lower scoring game. But either way, I mean, 5,200 uh, and 5,800 for Walker and Moore, I, I think that's way too cheap. 
Uh, and then a couple more. Uh, I like buying low on Derek Carr uh, here again uh, with Devontae Adams. Uh, Carr is just 5,400. So, you know, Adams is expensive. But, you know, after that dud, I think it's got to be a squeaky wheel type of situation. This Jaguars defense, um, you know, they get let uh, Russell Wilson and, and Jerry Judy finally get off. So I, I don't really have too much respect for them. They're also coming back from London. So, you know, who knows where they're at, you know, mm-hmm. physically. And uh, I like the a stack on the other side of the ball. I know we were kind of down on Trevor Lawrence this week, mm-hmm. but at 5,200, you can pair him with Christian Kirk at 5,500. That's a pretty cheap stack in a game where if the Raiders kind of bounce back from their offensive showing, because coming into that Saints game, the Raiders are one of the top offenses in the league. Uh, so I, I think that yeah. Saints game is more just like let down spot, you know, going on the road, New Orleans, one of those party cities got, you know, who knows, <laughs> who knows what, what, what went down, um, but they just came out completely flat, laid an egg. I think they'll be back at it this week, and uh, that could force the Jaguars to kind of do something. And, and he could also just throw the ball a lot to ETN to, to help his numbers. Yes. Uh, like stacking him, though, uh, with Kirk. You could even go uh, Zay Jones or Marvin Jones as well, but Kirk at 5,500, I like that price for a uh, number one uh, receiver. Yeah, so P.J. Walker's uh, completed air distance was 67.6 yards. Woo, to DJ Moore. I think that it I remember watching on Next Gen stats the video of like the top 10 of all time. And uh-huh. I think 67.6 would be the top one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I, so I don't that wanna, does I don't wanna, make sense. Yeah, don't no, quote I, me on it because I don't I don't want to say it definitively, but I'm pretty sure I read that stat. Uh, yeah, that it was the top one. Um but at I least since that, they've been tracking it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But I love that stack. And yeah, PJ Walker's looking like the PJ Walker from the uh, Houston Roughneck days in the XFL when he was like the MVP. Um, and he, he has definitely helped DJ Moore. I, I think if, if you have DJ Moore in season long formats, you do not want PJ Walker to lose this job at all, which I don't think he will at this point. Right. I mean, it's, it's his job the rest of the season. If you can keep this up. Yeah. I, I mean, it's like, they seem to love him as a leader and he looks better yeah. than any of the other quarterbacks that they've trotted yep. out there over the last couple of years. So here's the key. So, you know, I talked about last week, the reason I was on, the Panthers was because the Falcons get no pressure, right? So PJ mm-hmm. Walker from a clean pocket, his passer rating was 115 uh, under pressure, obviously struggles, right? Well, this year he's actually been uh, a little bit better under pressure. His passer rating under pressure is 96.7. According to pro football focus, that is actually higher now than his rating from a clean pocket, which is 93. So uh, he's, you know, he'll still take, you know, sacks, when he's under pressure, sack rate's still pretty high. But when he actually gets the ball off, I think you could see, um, you know, you could see some success here against this banged up Bengals defense. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, like like the matchup for for him. And I'm, like the Panthers, I, I think the Panthers are going to continue to play hard. I don't think they feel mm-hmm. like they're out of it uh, just yet. All right, uh, who do you like for dart throws? Y'all take your darts over here pretty seriously, huh? All right, so I got a handful. Uh, running back is always tough because uh, sometimes it's obvious, you know, when the starter gets hurt and you play one of the cheap guys. So I'm going with Damian Harris, uh, sort of middle of the pack. Um, you know, he could be sneaky. His roster ship should be really low. You know, everybody has moved on to Ramondre Stevenson, including me. Uh, but, you know, Harris actually started the game last week. He and Stevenson actually alternated drives uh, on early down work. And Stevenson picked up all the third down work. But, um, you know, Stevenson sort of lucked out getting 16 carries to Harris's 11. Um, just that's how those drives worked out when Stevenson was on the field. Same thing with his uh, two-to-one goal line uh, snap distribution. That could easily go the other way this week for Harris, at least on early downs. 
Um, so I think he's sneaky in a game where the, the Patriots should lean on the run quite a bit uh, against the Colts. So I, I like Harris as sort of like a spend up to be contrarian kind of play. Uh, and then Rashad White um, against the Rams. He's been eating in a Fournette's role of late. Uh, he's looked better than Fournette, honestly. And, you know, Tampa Bay could be looking for some spark in the running game. So any given week, you know, White could pop off and leapfrog Fournette. I'm not saying that's going to happen this week, but he's certainly worth a dart throw and GPs, GPPs just in case that happens. Because once that happens or once Fournette gets hurt, he's going to be pretty obvious that we should be using him. Um, and then Sammy Watkins, he's way too cheap right now at 3600 if both Lazard and Watson are out this week. Uh, he's a great GBP play at a very cheap price against the Lions this week. Has a massive ceiling. Uh, and then on the other side, Khalif Raymond, you know, he's only 4K. He's been really solid the past three games. He's either caught five balls or 75 yards in three straight. And, you know, they just got rid of TJ Hawkinson. So he could see an extra one or two targets this week. So I love him. And then last but not least, I think Brock Wright is at least worth a flyer and a few teams at 2,500. The Lions, you kind of mentioned this a couple weeks ago. They were bizarrely using him quite a bit uh, in week seven. He caught four balls for 57 yards. I think he dropped a touchdown or he had a touchdown overturn or something. But, um, you know, with TJ Hawkinson gone, you know, he's going to be their starting tight end. Could easily get three to four catches or even more this week. So at min price, uh, he's certainly in play here. What do you think about uh, like how they use James Mitchell going forward? Because Mitchell is a guy he averaged uh, like sixteen over sixteen yards a catch uh, in school. Do you think they're like they, do you think they traded Hawkinson to give Mitchell a bump too, or you think or you think it was just kind of like just to get a deal done? Yeah, probably just to get a deal done. I'll have to look into Mitchell. I think I remember him from preseason, but I'll have to look into that. I think at least initially it'll probably be right getting, you know, over 50% of routes run. But certainly I think they're going to be just looking at all these guys, maybe Shane Zilkstra or whatever. Like they're definitely going <laughs> to see what they have. Um, so who knows what they were thinking, but I think it was just to get some assets um, initially. But I, I think out of the gate, it'll be right. But yeah, Mitchell's the guy to keep an eye on for sure. Yeah, I do like Khalif, Ray Khalif Raymond a lot, though. I yeah. think he's a guy, he's, he's inside my top 36 this week. Uh, I don't think people are going to be on him as much as they should. Uh I will go with uh, Terrace Marshall Jr. Uh, you know, talking about <laughs> PJ Walker. Well, <laughs> Terrace Marshall Jr. Uh, he's run around on 95% of the dropbacks the last two weeks. He had nine targets last game, 87 yards on four catches, but it could have been a much bigger day. PJ Walker repeatedly targeted him uh, inside the 10. He had uh, two targets inside the 10 uh, last games. So uh, I think they're, they're like, they, they said something on the, on air, like about, Walker's been looking to get him a touchdown or something like that. So nice. Uh, yeah, I would, I would, I would, uh, uh, I would kind of keep, uh, keep an eye on Terrace Marshall going forward. He's really inherited that number two role, and he's been a lot better than last year because I, I don't think that big slot role fit him. I think he's better as an outside uh, receiver, mm -hmm. and we've kind of seen that this year. Uh, Zay Jones, another guy, you know, he's ninety nine percent routes run over the last three weeks, ninety percent on the season. So, you know, again, 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 I think it's the, it's gotta be for the Jaguars. Like it can't get worse than against the Broncos. That's just a really tough defense. So I do mm -hmm. think some of their skill guys bounce back this week against the Raiders. Uh, I think Van Jefferson's interesting too. He's 64% routes running his first game did not get targeted. So probably nobody will be on him now, but uh, he, that could go up. He could become like, you know, 80% guy and Cooper cup is banged up. Higby's running fewer routes so there are targets to kind of go around uh all of a sudden in this rams offense so 
I think uh, Jefferson could be sneaky. Uh, and Tyquan Thornton, you know, he's been quiet, but his routes are 84% last game, 80% on the season. And uh, he's averaging about three times as many yards per route against zone coverage uh, than against man coverage. And the Patriots going up against the Coast. Coast love to play zone coverage. So uh, this could be a spot for him. And Devontae Parker looks like he's going to be out as well. So I think Tyquan Thornton, you always want to kind of pay attention to these rookies second half of the year. It's now week nine. So, uh, yeah, like Thornton is kind of a, a buy low guy. Uh, Evan Ingram, he's super cheap. Uh, 94% routes run last game, 83% on the season. Uh, I think he deserves to be, um, you know, in in the conversation of top 10 tight end this week. And uh, he's, he's 3,300 on DraftKings, so love him as well. Yeah, I love the uh, Terrence Marshall call. Um, he's a guy that I think people were, like, trying to write off a bit too early because um, he was a second-rounder last year. And if, if you ever – um, like when I was researching for Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson when they were coming out, like you couldn't help but notice Terrence Marshall commanding targets uh, with both those guys on the field. So I think he's legit. And uh, like you said, if PJ Walker's promising him a touchdown uh, this week, maybe maybe we should use him in our uh, DK lineup this week. Yeah, well, let's uh, let's <laughs> just do that. Let's jump over to DK and, and, and create a, uh, a tournament lineup. All right, start us off. All right, so so let's see for DK. Uh, let's let's go with the guy we've been talking about a lot lately, uh, PJ Walker. All right, like it. He's cheaper on this than Fanduel, I think. Yep, fifty two hundred. All right, uh, all right. So let's go with let's go with Terrace Marshall then. Let's uh, yeah, I love let's it. Mix it up. <laughs> like we could uh, that's gonna be leverage on DJ Moore too. I think he'll be like super highly yeah. rostered. So uh, let's go to Terrace Marshall Jr. thirty nine hundred. So that leaves us. Almost uh, fifty over fifty eight hundred oh, for the God. other seven. All right, let's go to the defense uh, since we got a pretty cheap team so far. Let's see where we're actually at once we get a defense in there. So we got ooh, Patriots are expensive. I do like them going up against Ellinger though. Um, got the Bills against the Jets. See any cheap ones? The Bucks against the Rams. Three <laughs> K. Yeah, no kidding. Actually, wow. Yeah, they're my fourth or fifth uh, highest. Okay, yeah, let's go to the Bucks. Get some pick sixes from Stafford. Right. Uh, yeah, so that's – they're only 3K. Oh, yeah, so they're way too cheap. Wow. <laughs> that gives us over 6,300 for two running backs, two wide receivers, tight end. Flex. Nice. Travis Etienne. Oh, man, he's 6,300. <laughs> That's my RB3. Yeah, we're going with him. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he's jockey there. Um, that's ridiculous. Uh, let's see. Yeah, running back pricing looks pretty good, except for him. I guess Kenneth Walker. Yeah, he's, also, he's too cheap, too. Uh, we have to spend up at some point. Um, so let's go with D-Hop at 7,900. Nice. All right, so we still got 59.25 for running back, wide receiver, tight end. Flex, let's see. Let's go Tunyon at tight end, because I think a lot of people are going to be on Jones, Aaron Jones. Mm -hmm. So uh, let's get some weapons. Oh. He gets a touchdown against that last ranked uh line defense Could in DVOA. Easily have a it's two touchdown, ends. two yeah. touchdown game here. That's what we're looking for. Let's send it back. So we got the Panthers stack. Let's send it back with T. Higgins at 7,300. I mean he he had such a dud <laughs> but at football. I can't imagine too many people going back to him, but they should. Um Horn is back, so you know, probably gonna be on him quite a bit, right? But yeah, not I mean, worried about it. He I, did, he I, did I, moss some. What did he moss? He lost somebody on Monday Night Football, so it wasn't it wasn't a total loss. I and mean, he still got the yeah. Touchdown. He still had a good game, but just at least the first you know fifty minutes were bad. Yeah, but uh, yeah, he's too cheap this week. 
All right, 6,300 for uh, an average for a running back and a flex. I think I'll just go Kenneth Walker here. 6,200, that's just way too cheap. I still have him, I think, RB7. So, um, you know, not really tripping over last game. Yeah. So, yeah, 64. Oh, Chris Godwin, fire it up. Do it. He's 6,200. Yep. All right, so pretty balanced team. Uh, P.J. Walker, 5,200 at quarterback. Against the Bengals, we got Travis Etienne at 6,300 at running back against the Raiders, along with Kenneth Walker at 6,200. Our wide receivers, DeAndre Hopkins at 7,900 against the Seahawks. T. Higgins, 7,300 against the Panthers. Uh, Chris Godwin, 6,200 against the Rams. And then Paris Marshall Jr. at 3,900 stacked with P.J. going against the Bengals as well. Robert Tunyon, the tight end, at 3,800. And the Buck V at 3K at home against the Rams. Oh, we got a Godwin Buck stack. Do we want to? Yeah, I noticed that. That's probably fine. Okay. Again, if the, if even if the Bucks go up big, let's say they pick off Stafford, they're still gonna have to throw. Yeah, and then Godwin's kind of an extension of the run game. Yeah, yeah, I uh, think that that still works. But that that's a good catch. I was thinking that too. But it, it still works, I think. All right, lock it in. All right, let's jump to Fanduel. I will start us off here. Let's go with let's go with Terry McLaurin, seventy two hundred. Good Fanduel play. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna go with uh, Raheem Mostert. Uh, he's sixty five hundred. He's perfect Fanduel play, and you know they just trade away Chase Evans. They brought in Jeff Wilson, who uh, I, I think you like a little bit more than I do, but I think at least the first week they ease him in. Uh, worst case scenario would be he's the goal line back immediately, but I think. This is a spot against the Bears. They they should be able to lean on the run. They had to go away from the run early, uh, last week because you know the Lions took a ten plus point lead. Uh, but this week I think they'll be able to lean on Mostert for most of the game. Yeah, I just I, I think with Wilson it's more so. I mean, obviously Edmonds fell out of favor, so yeah. Wilson is a guy that McDaniel you know he kind of knows what he's getting out of him. So I think I just think he could eat into Mostert's workload over the long term a little bit more than Edmonds was. So they just kind yeah. of decided they didn't want anymore uh all right let's uh, let's go with some aaron jones here 7800 i think it's a good uh good price yeah. for him on Fanduel. uh should be the packers lead back against that terrible lions run d yep all right so we got let's 64 see. 17 average for quarterback two wide receivers tight end flex d oh man justin herbert's pretty cheap oh yeah 7800 i can't remember the last time he was <laughs> Uh, who who do we even like stack him with though? Um, Josh Palmer, Joe. Yeah, both. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's tough. Brady's only sixty nine hundred. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, yeah, QB pricing. Mm, yeah, let's go with Brady here. Yeah, it's super cheap for Brady. All right. Uh, I'll get a defense. So we get a defense out of the way. Let's see. Let's go with the Dolphins. They're nice. Get, I was looking at that. Yeah, yeah they because they're still a top five defense for me, just because Justin Fields gives up so many sacks. <laughs> um. So yeah. Uh. Yeah. Let's let's go Dolphins D. They're only thirty six hundred. They are favored. It's on the road, but um. Yeah. It's Bears always a great matchup for opposing defenses. Yeah, I like that one. Um. Let's see. Wide receiver. Um. So how much do we have average? Seven K exactly for two wide receivers, tight end, flex. Uh, gonna go with let's see, we went Tanyan on the other line. Gonna go with Hayden Hurst in this one. He's only 5,300. 
Oh wow! On uh, Fanduel, right? No Andrews, no Kelsey, no Taysom. Pretty no Isaiah likely, right? right yeah, so no I... Taysom, no <laughs> Taysom. True. Uh, I guess we need to stack Brady with somebody, so I'll go with Mike Evans. Uh, there you go. <laughs> About time he gets some touchdowns. Perfect Fanduel play. <laughs> Probably see a lot of Ramsey, but yeah, it's fine. Uh, Hopefully, it uh, doesn't get ejected. Right. They, they usually That's the Saints. The Saints. No, I know, but I mean, I could see them getting into it. You know. Yeah. Well, they're feisty, but uh, like that play. Um, yeah, because we don't got one on the other one, so we have seventy five hundred. Yep. Player. Um, I think Christian Kirk might be too cheap. Oh yeah, sixty three hundred. Yeah, sixty three hundred. Just I think that range is going to be sneaky. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's go with Christian Kirk. All right, so that leaves us 8,700 for a flex. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Tyreek Hill is exactly 87. That's what I was thinking. Hopkins. Hopkins. We, if there's a guy that we can use in two lineups, I would grant permission for Hopkins. Um, hmm, Let's see. Uh, we got um, we got Kirk, so let's go Adams. Let's, let's, let's oh, uh, yeah. we see some money on Adams the table there. and, yeah, do it like that. Nice. Uh, I think people will be off him a little bit. So, all right, so we got Brady at 6,900, Mostert at 6,500 at running back, stacked with the Dolphins defense at 3,600, Aaron Jones at running back at 7,800, Terry McLaurin wide receiver 7,200 against the Vikings, Mike Evans at 7,700 against the Rams, stacked with Brady, Christian Kirk 6,300 against the Raiders and Devontae Adams at 8,100 in the flex against the Jags. And Hayden Hurst at tight end at 6,300. All right. That is going to do it for the week nine fancy flex, fancy preview episode for our full breakdown of our player projections. Be sure to check out our week nine player projections episode out now over on the Action Network podcast channel. We'll be back with the night shift episode later in the week. You can check out actionnetwork.com for all of our fantasy football content fantasylabs.com for our dfs tools and models and you can find sean on twitter at the underscore odds maker and me at chris raybon and we'll be at those same handles on the free award-winning action network app until next time let's get this money